0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is again my pleasure to welcome Jimmy Messis to PI's Classified. Besides being my good friend and sponsor on PI's Classified, Jimmy is an astute businessman and has his managerial fingers in so many pies, I lost count a long time ago. But what can I say about Jimmy? He's a co-publisher of PI Magazine with his wife, Rosemarie. It's a magazine for the private investigation professionals. He's a former U.S. Marine Marine Corps Military Translator He's been a private investigator for over 30 years He's the past president of the New Jersey Private Investigator Association He's located in Reunited Soldiers who served in Korea and Vietnam He's been a guest on many TV shows He owns several businesses And the one we're going to talk about today is USA Bug Sweeps Hey Jimmy, good morning
2: Good morning and uh, happy birthday Marine Corps today
0: yeah, exactly. That is true. Huh? I just saw that. Um, thank you, Jimmy, for being on the show. Sometimes it seems like our country has become a country of predators um, yeah. and people that do weird things. But And so even though we frequently see predators captured by the police on our nightly news, we still believe our homes and our schools are safe, don't we?
2: Yeah, we do, and unfortunately... Uh Bugging has become an epidemic right now, both audio and video and when it starts affecting uh, our children and are uh, going to school and these kids where we think they're going to be safe and they're not, uh, it's a big concern to everybody.
0: It's a huge concern and and uh, frankly uh, Jimmy, you have found that there are actually been video cameras and uh, installed in schools elementary schools, all the way up to colleges.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you just did a search uh, of Google or Bing and you just type in hidden cameras in school, hidden camera in college or high school, you will find hundreds of articles. Uh, And every day I monitor around the country and around the world, actually, incidents where people are finding cameras in schools. And every week there's at least a minimum of one incident. And what's Mm. interesting is that sometimes you think it would be a janitor in a school, but what's really disheartening is when you find out that it was a school administrator or an assistant Mm. principal or a teacher that did it. That Mm. kind of makes it disgusting.
0: Exactly. And, And there's been recent cases just like that.
2: There have been, and uh, I worked on one recently where it was an assistant principal, and he had put a hidden camera, video camera, with a recording device uh, in the boy's shower, um, and it was hidden in a screw. The camera was hidden in a, in a Phillips head screw that had been hollowed out.
0: Oh,
2: wow. Well. you know, he was videotaping these high school kids. So most of the schools where we do hidden camera sweeps, and we do them on a regular basis, um we find that it's the locker rooms or in the high schools where they have showers where kids are actually getting undressed. Mm-hmm. That's where we're gonna find the hidden cameras. And normally it's gonna be uh in the fall season, uh, when there's wrestling and football and they're all dirty and sweaty and they really have to take a shower. Mm-hmm. Um and those so those are the main target areas of schools that we're finding.
0: And there is absolutely no way you can identify these by just
2: looking around the room, is there? Francie, you could be staring (laughs) right at a camera or at a screw, and the opening of the camera is a pinhole, maybe a sixteenth of an inch in diameter. And I tell people, if you're wearing any item of clothing right now that has a button, take a look at the tiny little hole that the thread is going through to attach it to your shirt or whatever. and. No kidding. The hole is smaller than that,
0: and and you're not going to see. I, okay, so I'm going to play. Um, I I know nothing about this at all. You can't even see a light behind that—a little pinhole light. You can't. No, no, none of these things
2: have lights. they they're they're the you're. It's like the lens of a camera. The only thing that's visible is a tiny, tiny little glass opening. But we're talking something that's as small as the the tip of a pencil you're you're not going to see it unless you're specifically using uh, sophisticated equipment that would help identify and that's why people can get away with this Francis because mm. you can't find them unless you use a professional service to locate it.
0: And where where do people get these these devices?
2: Well, I mean, they you buy, can buy hidden cameras anywhere online and uh, you know some people use them for legitimate security purposes uh, You know, we sell hidden cameras at PIGear.com, where private investigators use them for recording covert video surveillance, catching bad people doing illegal activity. Mm -hmm. But then you also have consumers that'll buy the same equipment that was originally designed for security, and they buy these items for the purposes of voyeurism and self-sexual gratification.
0: Yeah, they've been in place for a long time. Uh, typically, we've always seen them in retail stores, maybe above the cash wrap uh-huh. uh, to catch people stealing from the <clears throat> from the cash register or something like that. But this is just probably because they're so inexpensive and they're so widely available, uh, anybody that has this kind of a propensity can get them.
2: It's crazy. And, like you said, it's very cheap. I mean, you can buy right. a hidden camera on any of the websites, eBay, Amazon, what have you, for less than 50 dollars and uh one of the problems is is that again it's so affordable that anybody can do it but we're also finding that the culprits are normally men uh and you know you would think that men would be more interested in trying to get video of women yet we're finding that in many cases the men are trying to get video of boys Mm -hmm. and like i said uh there's, there's several types of bugging, if you want to call it. We have audio bugging. We have video bugging. The video is what you're going to find in schools. And then we're going to find video bugging also in people's homes where a husband might want to videotape uh, a sexual interlude with his wife who isn't open to doing it on her own. Mm-hmm. So he might do it covertly. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of these men are uploading the videos to voyeur websites, where they get excited knowing that there are thousands of other people watching uh, his spouse on the internet. Wow, <laughs>
0: what can I say to that? Uh, and why is it the why is it men? Do you have any idea
2: about that? Just just asking. I, I think just statistically. Um, I think that if you were to look at FBI crime statistics, men are the ones that are going to be more of peeping toms. They normally don't call them peeping james. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think there's a propensity more of men uh, yeah. in, the, in the sexual gratification area. Uh, but we also now have women who are bugging their spouses, their husbands, In regards to matrimonial cases where they want to see if their husband is cheating on them, they're putting audio recorders in the husband's car, they're putting a GPS tracker on the husband's car. So don't get me wrong, in the schools it would certainly be a male would be more likely to be the suspect, but in matrimonial situations, because the emotion that's involved, a lot more women are doing audio and video bugging in the home.
0: Well, and of course, there's legitimate reasons. Uh, yeah, I remember several years ago I talked to you about um, getting something to, so I could watch my mom because she oh. was uh, developing dementia. And and there's also just recently a nanny was captured beating a, a six-month-old baby mm-hmm. in California, and they it was caught on a on a video cam on a nanny cam, so yeah. to speak. Uh, well, so there's it,
2: good purposes for sure. Yeah. Nanny cams became popular, you know, they started becoming popular about 10 years ago when the technology got smaller. And now, um, as much as nanny cams are still popular, we're also finding elder abuse. As you mentioned, we're we're having clients uh, buying cameras to put in nursing homes to make sure that their elderly parent is actually being taken care of. Uh, so we've come to a we've come to a world now where everybody wants to watch and hear and listen <laughs> and you know America's becoming very voyeuristic because we're making it easy for them to do that
0: yeah for sure now uh, so this brings up a question when you mentioned the nursing homes um, if you have uh, a parent in a nursing home and you place a some kind of a bug in their room, is that actually legal because it's a nursing home facility?
2: Well, you know, here, here's where we're in that gray area again. First, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't dispense legal <laughs> advice. I uh, always have to put that disclaimer in there. And every state is going to have different laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I'm going to bring up is, well, is the elderly parent in a room by themselves or is there? are they sharing a room? For so sure. that's also going yeah. to make a difference. Uh, yeah. So I'll tell you, I tell people, check with the local laws. However, there have been some case laws that I'm aware of where uh, a child, even if it's an adult child of an elderly person in a nursing home, has the right to make sure that their parent is being taken care of and not ignored, and they tell, that, let's say, Let's say, for example, you are my mom, and you're in the nursing home, and I tell you, you're complaining that you're not being taken care of. And I said, well, I'm going to put a hidden camera in here to watch you. Is that okay? And you say, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you've given me permission to watch you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a gray area. The nursing home can say, well, you didn't, we don't have permission to videotape the nurses, uh, mm-hmm. or the caregivers, they didn't give permission. It depends if it's a one-party or a two-party state.
0: Right, right, for sure. You know, always complicated. But, but you know, the bottom line is if uh, you suspect a crime is being committed, then um, that kind of throws the rest out the window, usually.
2: Yeah, I, I would rather beg for forgiveness than totally exactly. ignore a situation. Uh, ask- if I think something's happened, I'll be the first one to put a hit in camera. Um in, in the nursing home. And that's just one of many, many areas where hidden cameras are being placed. You have them being placed in houses and cars and businesses, um, and you also have them being placed in commercial bathrooms. You go to a fast food restaurant and you go to use the stall, you don't know if there's a hidden camera there, yet there are people being arrested for having installed cameras in these yeah. bathrooms. And some of them are employees, and some yeah. of them could just be somebody in the public that decided they were going to use the bathroom before you, and let's see what I can videotape today.
0: Yeah, amazing. You could become really paranoid
2: <laughs> you know
0: um, okay, so all right, so you are doing you' you have equipment that can identify that there's something in a room or a car or a business sure I, I know this equipment is like. A lot of money. It's very not, expensive. It, yeah, very expensive. And some people will say they can go buy something at uh, I don't know Best Buy that's a bug detector. Mhm. And what do you say about that?
2: They're toys. They're 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 nothing more than let's say a little RF detector. RF stands for radio frequency. So. You'll turn it on, and I love the people that buy these things because what happens is when they turn them on, guess what's going to happen? It's going to say it's picking up something because it is. There's radio frequencies in the air. There's radio stations. There's Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, (laughs) and you go even in your own house, you have a Wi-Fi system uh, or Bluetooth. It's going to pick it up, and all of a sudden, they're going to say, Oh, my God, look, it's a bug. I'm picking it up. It's telling me it's a bug. And all it is, it's, it's just picking up whatever radio wave is in the air. It's a toy. It's not something that I would ever depend on. Uh, it, I use a, I'll use. i give you an example. I use a, what's called an Oscar Green 24 spectrum analyzer. Big fancy word for a super sophisticated radio wave detection device. And it's $40,000. Wow. But it tells me the exact frequency, and then I'm able to demodulate it and figure out what is it that I'm picking up. So that's important.
0: So you how, do you, how can you tell it's, there, it's the difference between something that's, that's legitimately in the room and a bug?
2: Well, it's kind of simple. First, I can tell by the frequency. I can tell what it is. It might be, let's say, a Bluetooth or a Wi-Fi in the building. I can mm. tune into the frequency like anybody could on a regular tunable radio, and then I can actually listen to the signal. And if I hear... Myself or the radio that I might have in the room playing through my headphone, I know I'm picking up a bug that's actually transmitting the noise Mm. in the room that I'm in. Or I might be picking up uh, the Wi-Fi or a radio repeater or the taxi down the street or the police department or the fire department. You know, we can identify what the frequencies are. And that's how we know whether it's a bug or whether it's just normal, everyday uh, RF. Well, it...
0: Okay, so that brings up, if, um, if nothing's going on where that bug is, you can still pick it up?
2: Well, here's what's interesting. if A spectrum analyzer detects frequencies that are being transmitted. If it's a tape recorder or a digital recorder and it's not transmitting, then that device wouldn't pick it up. So now we have to use another device, which is called a nonlinear junction detector. And, you know, how, you know, Francie, when you see the people walking on the beach with the metal detectors, they're looking for yeah. something in the sand. Yeah. Well, we have a device that's something similar to that, but it picks up electronic components, not metal. And it's only about $25,000. And oh, only. that, that only. device will pick up uh, the signature of an electronic component as small as a grain of rice. And it can actually be embedded in the wall or the ceiling, and we'll still be able to pick it up. Okay. So, if the bug is on or off, it doesn't matter. A professional bug sweeper will be able to find it. It it doesn't matter to us.
0: Okay. Okay. It it doesn't matter if it's off. Now, so I kind of don't understand how these work. So, if you have a remote recording device, Uh how how are you actually watching? Or do you have to go back and retrieve the device to look and see what's on it?
2: Well, you bring up a good point. So there's different type of bugs. You have bugs which are either audio or video, and they might either be transmitting a signal or they might be recording onto themselves, like onto an SD card. So we have different equipment that's going to pick up both. Now, if somebody puts a bug in your house... The only way they're going to be able to listen to you or watch you is either they're going to be able to hear the bug because it's transmitting a signal, mm-hmm. or they're going in and out of your house to remove the recorded device to then play it back on their computer when they get back to their home. Okay. So so there's two things. So we always have to remember when somebody's bugging you, how much access did the per- did anybody have to the inside of your house? so that we can determine whether it's a recorder or a transmitter. And if it's a transmitter, i got to be honest with you, the moment we turn on the spectrum analyzer, we'll know if there's something transmitting coming out of your residence, and then we can zone in on the frequency and listen to it and see what it is.
0: Okay. Hang on to that thought because I have some more questions. We need to take a break, Jimmy. We'll be right back.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to F R A N C I E at PIsdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler.
0: Private investigator Jimmy Ness. This is discussing bug detection. He's with a company called USA Bug Sweeps. Is that right? Bug yeah, USA Bug Sweeps.com. So um, Jimmy, my question is uh, when you, So you take your equipment, I guess you have it in a van or something?
2: Uh, let's right? just say, yeah, we have 12 cases of equipment, so we need a larger vehicle <laughs> to move it around.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, it's a little hard to travel with, but okay. When uh, you come get up to a house, can you detect uh, surreptitious bugs from outside the house?
2: Uh, sometimes we can, especially if the camera is transmitting a signal Uh, you know, just from our vehicle outside, we could turn on our video detection equipment and we might be able to see uh, the video signal coming from inside the house. Now, what is interesting is if I was to drive around with my equipment on, especially in an area where there's apartments Mm -hmm. or an apartment building, uh, I'll start picking up all these baby monitors and I'll start seeing all these little kids on the screen that a lot of parents don't realize they're That little baby monitor could be transmitting a picture of their kid to everybody who wants to watch it.
0: That is crazy. That is scary, actually. So you could just do that driving around. That's amazing. I actually, Jimmy, I went on a bug sweep uh, on one occasion several years ago, and. This person, he's unfortunately now deceased, so he doesn't have the equipment anymore. But um, they had it all set up in a van and that sat outside the house, and, uh-huh. and they monitored everything from there. But it was a, such a fascinating process. So tell me what you do when you say it's a house. We'll talk about schools in a minute. But uh, say it's a house. What do, you, what do you do first? And tell me your steps.
2: Uh, Well, basically what we do when we arrive, a professional bug sweep... By the way, I'll I'll tell you that people can uh, confuse bug sweep with debugging or what's called TSCM, Technical Surveillance Countermeasures. That's the proper name, TSCM. What a professional bug sweep team will do when they arrive at a residence, let's say they'll use the spectrum analyzer and they'll turn it on and they'll take readings outdoors to see what's the normal radio waves that exist in the air outside the house. And we'll do that for about, let's say, a half hour. And then when we go inside, then we'll start taking new readings of the radio waves. And then we compare the two to see, well, which is stronger in the house as compared to outside the house. And then we try to isolate, well, what were those frequencies that are stronger in the house? Normally, that'll be like your your Wi-Fi system. Uh, Mm -hmm. your wireless router system in the house. Right. So, you know, and then we have to check the router to see what's connected to the router because we've had incidents, Francie, where people have Wi-Fi in the house and they have a router and then we check it out and we find out, you know, you got two cameras connected to this router? And they'll Mm -hmm. say to me, we don't have any cameras. I say, well, you do, you just didn't know about it. And we'll find that a spouse may have connected some hidden cameras that were working through the Wi-Fi.
0: Interesting. So
2: bugging has gotten very, very technical, and you need very specialized equipment. Um, I'll give you an example. When I go out, I have about somewhere in the area of about $150,000 worth of gear. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And some PIs who claim to do debugging will own a couple of little pieces of spy shop gear that they might have paid a couple hundred dollars for. So you have to be careful when you do hire a bug-sweet person, Absolutely. are they really a bug-sweet person or somebody that's just going through the motions and giving you a false sense of security? Right. So
0: yeah,
2: going I'm very back, important. When I, yeah, when we're in the residence, um, we'll do a uh, physical search. We'll look for certain things just to see if anything pops out, and then we'll start bringing out each piece of equipment that we use. We use about 15 different pieces of equipment. And each one does something different, like uh, I'll give you an example. We use a thermal imaging camera, mm. and that will find the heat signature of a bug that can be behind a wall, in a drop ceiling, in a picture on the wall, in a, plant, uh, in a planter, uh, in the furniture itself, and we'll actually see the heat signature of the bug that's on. Hmm. So that's a very cool and a very expensive device. Very uh, cool. Yeah. And then we'll use uh Video Borescope, which is um uh, a handheld T V monitor with a long cord and a camera at the end of it. And we're talking about a camera that is uh the cord is thinner than uh let's say a pencil. And I can shove the camera into the vents and mm. the tip of mm-hmm. it articulates and I can do a full three sixty. It's like doing an endoscopy on uh on your house. <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Yeah. And, uh, and and people have said to us, they said, wow, when you're done doing my house, it's like you did a full MRI on our house to see what was wrong with it. And that's, you know, a pretty good analogy because we're using yeah. such sophisticated equipment. And then you have to have the training. Oh, Francis, you're going to like this. Here's a, here's a great gimmick. You have these companies that create these very expensive detection devices. Uh-huh. And then after you spend tens of thousands of dollars to buy it, they go, oh, by the way, you need to take a course to learn how to now use the equipment you just bought and that's going to run you another couple thousand dollars plus you got to stay at our facility for a week so we can show you how to use it. Yeah, exactly. So there's a big commitment to those people that actually do professional TSCM bug sweeps.
0: Is there a certification of some kind, Jimmy?
2: Um, the manufacturers will give you certifications uh, that you've taken the course to use their products, that you actually know how to use it. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of states that require licensing to be a TSCM technician. Some of those okay. include uh, North Carolina, uh, Michigan, Nevada. Those are the ones okay. that come off the top of my head. But for the most part, you don't have to be licensed to be a TSCM technician. But the cost factor of the equipment and the training that's involved uh, kind of controls those people that are actually professionals within the business.
0: And do the companies that sell the equipment, do they require the training before they uh, actually hand over the equipment, or can anybody buy the equipment and, and go from there?
2: Well, technically anybody can buy the equipment, um, but I think the key is that it's almost a self-policing type of industry where, mm-hmm. let's face it, the average Joe isn't going to go spend forty grand on a spectrum analyzer and not want to actually learn how to use it, or it's just a worthless brick for them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, Okay, go ahead. This is so exciting.
2: (laughs) So so when we're in the house, we'll check for audio bugs. We'll check the telephone lines to see if the telephone line's been compromised. Uh, We're going to check the Wi-Fi to see if there's anything connected to it that the customer didn't know about. And then we spend a lot of time looking for the hidden cameras. And the hidden cameras, we're normally going to really focus on them in the bedroom and in the bathrooms. And normally we'll find the uh, hidden camera over the bed, maybe in a ceiling fan or something pointing at the bed like a clock radio. Mm -hmm. And in the bathroom, we're usually going to find it in the ceiling vent.
0: Okay. All right. And you're checking uh, electrical outlets as well?
2: Yeah, what's interesting, there are bugs out there that you can plug the transmitter in one outlet in one end of the house, and you can have the receiver plugged into an outlet on the other end. And the instruments use the entire wiring system, the electrical system of the house, to, to transfer the signal. And that's pretty common with some baby monitors that are older, where you were able to plug in the monitor in the baby's room, and then you could put the plug in the receiver in your bedroom. And the mm-hmm. electrical wires would actually be what's transmitting the signal through the wires themselves. So we check for that also. Okay, interesting. Kind of spooky the way that that can happen.
0: Yeah, but, it is spooky. Well, that you know, gosh, the baby monitors are so um, they're so risky. I'm glad I, I'm glad I'm past having babies. <laughs>
2: well, what, they, what think they've about done, it. Uh, with baby monitors now is they are now digital. So the signal is digital. It's not analog, which means it's encrypted. And then the signal is actually encrypted. So even though um, there's a baby monitor, it could be transmitting a signal, even security cameras in people's homes. That's how that, this is working now. It's through an encrypted system that the monitor, the camera, and the receiver have to be matched encryptedly. And that's the only way you'll be able to see the picture. So okay. there is a sense of security along those lines for those that have, especially those that have hidden cameras in their home, or security cameras in their home.
0: What's the most surprising situation you've run into, Jimmy?
2: Well, one of the funniest. Of many. Let me, let me, I'll start <laughs> off with the funniest one. Okay. I had a 72-year-old lady who said that every time her husband went away for the weekend, when he came back on Monday... She would know exactly what she did all weekend and ex- every conversation that she had. <laughs> so we, we figure, okay, we'll, we'll do a sweep of the house. Let's see what we find. And within just a few minutes, I found a digital recorder hidden in the vent of her bedroom ceiling, ceiling vent. Uh-huh. So I said, well, if there's one here, I'm going to check all the other ceiling vents. And I found two more. So she goes, what do I do? What do I do? And I said, well... I normally recommend that when we find an illegal listening device that you call the police and you file an incident report because it is an illegal activity. So we called the cops and they came and we showed them where it was and then we photographed it. We took it down and the little light was on that it was still recording. Mm-hmm. So I pressed stop, I pressed rewind, and then I pressed play. And the first thing you heard out of the speaker was <coughs> testing, one, two, three, testing. and the cop goes Sam do you recognize the voice and she goes oh yeah she goes that's my um, my soon to be (laughs) ex-husband and we did the sweep on a Saturday and when we were done she spent the rest of the day and all day Sunday putting all his clothes in trash bags and when he came home Sunday night the entire contents of his personal property was on the front lawn and uh
0: she threw him out of the house. Oh my goodness. And so what what was he he just he was thinking she was cheating or he just wanted to know what she was doing or would do you know?
2: He, well, he was paranoid. He thought that she was going to be doing something and she goes, I'm seventy two years old. What am I going to be doing? <laughs> she goes, you know, I'm in the house all day cleaning. I said, but he was uh he was uh from Eastern Europe so he uh-huh. was, you know, a foreigner to the U.S. and, you know, whatever culture they may have, he just got paranoid. And and speaking of paranoid, that's actually what fuels this whole industry. Exactly. It's a combination of paranoia and then actually people that do crazy things. Unfortunately, there are also some crazy people out there that think that they're being watched 24-7 by the government or... Right by whoever it is and these people really do need help and when we do a sweep for paranoid people we're actually doing them a favor because we're showing and proving to them look, you're not being watched or listened to. It's, you know, it's more in your mind than it is in actuality.
0: But do they believe
2: it? Some do. Uh, I've done a lot of sweeps where I arrived and the people told me there was 50 cameras in the apartment and then when I'm done there's no cameras there. They go, You must think I'm crazy. And I said, no, you you really thought there was cameras there, but aren't you happy to know that now we can Mm -hmm. prove that there are no cameras here? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you you see a change in the the psyche of the way that they're thinking. It's unfortunate, but it does happen to a lot of people.
0: What percentage of uh, situations do you go out on where the person uh, is a little paranoid and you don't find anything?
2: Um. I would have to say that probably one out of maybe every 20 jobs that we do, we find something.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but it could be the most popular right now are GPS trackers. Um, and yeah, hitting, just hitting talk hitting about that. Devices. Yeah, that's about the most common. And GPS trackers, Francie, what's making that so uh, abundant is the cost. They're, the cost of a live tracker now is around $100, mm-hmm. $150. So Mm -hmm. spouses are putting them on each other's car to see where they're going and what they're doing. And uh, I'll tell you a quick story that's really funny.
0: Okay. I had a
2: PI who sends me two cars to sweep for his client. And it was the first time he was using me. So I do the first car. There was nothing Mm -hmm. on it. He pulls the second car in. And the moment I go underneath there, I see a tracker. Uh Uh-huh. And I said to the guy, hey, you want to come down here? I want to show you something. He goes, oh, did you find something? But he said it in a really sarcastic way. And I go, yeah, I found something. And he comes up and I, and I show it to him. And he goes, wait a minute. That's not where I put it. <laughs> and I said, so what happened was, Francie, we found two trackers underneath the car. The one... That they put to test me and the other one (laughs) that somebody had actually put on the car.
0: That is funny. So he was setting you up.
2: Well, he (laughs) wanted it. It was an integrity test on a a car. And then, you know, I got the last laugh because it was actually two trackers on the car. We found the one that uh, had been placed on there and the one that he had put on there.
0: That is too funny. And and do you know who placed the other one?
2: oh yeah it was uh it was a spouse you know oh, he yeah. was able to determine that it was a spouse looking, so he, he was he, he was trekking her car, and then when he, he said, "Well, I might as well do my own car, and then he found a tracker on his car <laughs>
0: Stupid.
2: so so it 's kind of crazy now what 's interesting as far as the people who we have as clients,
0: uh-huh. um,
2: this was a busy season for us because we were doing a lot of offices, campaign offices, uh, oh, political no. offices. we were busy doing that. Um, but we also have just regular people that are concerned that they're being bugged. And a lot of them have the paranoia that they think that there's definitely a camera uh, oh. or a recording device there. And then we also do you know, celebrities, politicians, uh, executives, uh, and people that have to, for security reasons, have to do it on a regular basis to make sure that nobody's listening to them or following them.
0: Yeah, I'm sure with the election going on, everything that happened the last 18 months, were you able to find anything in any one of those?
2: Uh, I wasn't. Um, However, there were published reports that the uh, Democratic National Headquarters uh, did find uh, a bugging device in uh, one of their offices, and the FBI got called in. Um, I've been monitoring to try to see what happened with that, but nothing has come up of it. Uh, They haven't been able to identify what they actually found. All they said was that there was an allegation that uh, conversations were being intercepted, which right. le- leads me to believe more it was more telephone than anything else.
0: Oh, I see. And now, in a business, uh, it's typically the conference room, isn't it,
2: That's good. Uh, Well, the president's office, the conference room, okay. um, any room that there's going to be uh, sensitive information discussed. Um, and one of the concerns that we always have when we do conference rooms is that you know, they have the, uh, the the big speakerphone in the center of the conference room table, mm-hmm. and you have to be careful that that phone device hasn't been tampered with, that even though the headset is on the hook, there's what's called a hook bypass, and okay. the microphone could still be on, or the speakerphone could still be on with the little light off, and somebody could just be calling in and be listening to everything that's happening in the conference room. So what some corporations will do when they're going to have a meeting... We'll come in and sweep the conference room before the meeting, and then we'll actually stay during the meeting to make sure that nobody brought in a transmitting device during the meeting that's sending a signal out.
0: Okay, I have a question about that, too, but we have to take another break. More to come with PI Jimmy Massa. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler.
0: Jimmy and I are back talking about electronic bugging devices. And, Jimmy, my question uh, about the conference room is, are you, are you actually sitting in the conference room? Are you someplace outside? How, how does that work?
2: Um, it actually depends on the client, but for the most part, I'm usually outside the conference room. I'm in a room directly next to it, and what I'm doing is I'm monitoring to see if there's any signals coming out of the conference room. Mm-hmm. That would indicate that somebody does have a cell phone on or that they're transmitting a bug.
0: Okay. Okay, so you bring up cell phones, and people do all kinds of things with cell phones these days. So let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Okay. Um, um, go, go ahead. Well, if you have a cell phone and it's a smartphone, it's kind of a misnomer there because if it's a smart no, smartphone, it's so smart that there is software out there capable of turning the microphone on when you don't even know it, and they could be listening to you, mm-hmm. or it could also be taking pictures without you knowing it, and then it could be sending those pictures in that audio to a, a designated outside contact, where it be a phone number or a text message or an email address. So you got to be careful with cell phones. It's, uh, there's always a possibility they could be compromised.
0: And so how do you protect yourself from that?
2: Well, first thing you need to do is to make sure that you have a password on your phone, that your okay. phone is always locked in the locked mode, that you have to press a t- password to get in. But mm-hmm. I'll say the backdoor way, where people are you know, they keep looking, thinking of the physical phone, but they forget that they have an account with iTunes or an iCloud account. And if your spouse knows your iTunes or iCloud pass, password, there's things they can do without even touching your phone. So they could be monitoring really? your text messages, your emails, uh, who you're calling, calls coming in. I mean, it's, there's a lot of bad software out there that could be monitoring you.
0: Hmm. So, offline, we were talking about, I was involved um, in a heavy-duty criminal, uh, federal criminal case, and mm-hmm. we all had to, this is when we could still take the batteries out of our phones. We mm-hmm. can't do that anymore. Um, so, let's talk about that. What do you do now?
2: Um, a lot of corporations uh, on confidential meetings, what they'll do is outside the conference room, there'll be a, uh, what we call a cell phone check-in desk. We'll have a case uh, that has all little compartments and slots where they, we tell them, shut off your phone, put the uh, phone in the compartment slot, and then we close the case and it's uh, shielded, lead shielded, so it becomes like a Faraday cage where there's no signal that can come in and out. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we do is we can have a, I don't want to call it a metal detector because it really isn't a metal detector, but it's the same concept where you walk through the, the two uprights and it will detect whether you have a cell phone hidden on your body and it'll tell us exactly where, where it is, and then we'll make sure that the person has to take the cell phone off and, again, leave it out of the meeting room.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Okay, this is just crazy, crazy stuff, Jimmy. So what should people look for when they hire a, a bug sweep team or somebody uh, if they're suspicious of s- some bugs in their home or office or school, for that matter?
2: Um. The first thing I'm going to tell you or, or t- and tell you the listeners are money, in as much as it's always going to be usually the number one factor, should not be the number one factor in, in hiring a TSCM person. I'll give you an example. Um, let's say you want to have your house swept, and you go online and you call a bunch of private investigators because they all advertise they do bug sweeps. And mm-hmm. they say, oh, I'll do your house for $750. Mm-hmm. Well, And when they show up, they show up with these two little handheld devices that look like walkie-talkies, and they do a, a little walk around with a wand. And you get the feeling that, oh, if there's something transmitted, they're going to find it. And I go, yeah, that's wonderful, but what about all the stuff that's not transmitting, the recorders, the stuff connected mm-hmm. to the Wi-Fi or the computers that has no transmission? They're never going to pick it up or a bug that's off. Mm-hmm. So while money is cost factors important, one of the things that I recommend that you do is that the person should say, hey, what's the value of the equipment that you're going to be using? And if it's anything over oh, than $100,000, then you know they're the real deal. Okay, they, that's good. I, that's good.
0: Good yeah, question. If they
2: tell you a couple thousand dollars, that nah, doesn't impress me. You know, that's not a mm-hmm. professional bug sweep detection company. The The other thing that you should ask is, uh, what type of equipment will you be using to sweep my residence? And there's a lot of very specific uh, equipment that they need to use. Um, and you know what? I can tell you right now, Francie, your listeners can go to USABugSweeps.com, mm-hmm. and they can click on at the bottom of the page. It says "Warning: Before you hire anyone, read this," and oh, it'll, it'll it'll detail exactly what they're looking for. I'll I'll, I'll give you the short version. Um, okay. You need a spectrum analyzer that's going to detect the, the different radio frequencies and that could be up to a forty five thousand dollar unit. You need a nonlinear junction detector device, and they sell between fourteen and twenty thousand that 's the one that picks up electronic components that are as small as a grain of rice that could be on or off okay then if you 're a business and you have digital phones, VoIP phones, or even in a house where you 're using the phone system over cable, which is most common now uh, you need what 's called a talon, which is a telephone analyzing device for both digital and voice over IP, and that's another 20 thousand dollar device. And then you're looking at the video borescopes or the thermal imaging camera, uh, cell phone detection devices, and all these things will certainly add up minimally around $100,000, right. $150,000. Exactly. So The analogy that I normally say to people when they say to me, well, I called somebody else and they gave me a cheaper price, I go, well, (laughs) you know, what equipment are they going to be using? How long have they been doing this? What type of certifications do they have? Uh, It's like somebody, it's like you going to the doctor for a full thorough checkup and one doctor uses an MRI, an EKG machine and all this stuff, and another doctor just uses a stethoscope and says, oh, no, I don't need to use that other stuff. I can do it with this. It's, It's really that, you know, that's drastically different. So,
0: Jimmy, when you're talking to somebody over the phone, they've called you and they're interested in in possibly hiring you, how do you estimate uh, how much you're going to charge them? Do you do it on square footage? How does that work?
2: Yeah, debugging is basically charged by the square footage or the total area that you're going to do. Those individuals who have more sophisticated equipment um, and have a lot more equipment will charge more per square foot. Um, I would say that on average, hiring a bug sweep technician, you might be looking at on the low end, maybe a dollar a square foot. And on the high end, you'd probably be looking at about maybe $2, $2.50 a square foot. Again, depending on the caliber of the person you're hiring and the situation, the equipment that they're going to be using.
0: And back to the schools, is there a different kind of a charge for them or is it basically the
2: same? No, schools we charge differently. Basically there you're charging based on the total number of bathrooms, showers, locker rooms, uh, the, the average number of stalls in a, in a school, how many schools you're actually going to be doing. Uh, I would venture to say that you're probably looking at a school, on average, could be anywhere from, well, let's just say for our argument's sake, about $1,000 for a school.
0: For a school. Okay, so a school district that has, say, I don't know,
2: 50 schools. Um, well, they would actually get a discount, but then you're still you're, you're looking at a lot of money. You know, yeah. even if you're, It depends on how many. A lot of the schools don't have showers, uh, or they don't use the showers. So you're only basically looking at locker rooms and, and stalls. And uh-huh. you can do those for maybe as little as, let's say, $25 a, a bathroom.
0: Right, uh, right, Locker
2: rooms, you might charge a little bit, a couple hundred dollars. But the ones where there's showers, that's where you really have to pay attention because that's where the cameras are going to be.
0: And it, clearly there's a big movement in, in hiring companies like you, yours to do schools all over the country.
2: We actually travel around the country doing... Uh, whether it be homes or schools or what have you, the key is going to be that now that schools know there's a problem, that there have been incidents going on uh, out there, that they have to take precautionary measures to make sure that they did something to make sure that their students were protected.
0: That's real. It's fascinating because, you know, you don't hear, even, even though you hear of, say, uh, teachers, administrators, or maintenance people getting arrested for things like that. You don't hear about the school then going back and doing a sweep of their school.
2: Well, we, so the do, schools that it, we, do, we do on a regular basis. Some of them we do uh-huh. every six months. Some of them we do every year at the beginning of the school year, which is usually when there's the, the highest likelihood that we're going to find a hidden camera is normally the first couple of weeks that school opens, uh, whether it's in August or September.
0: Now, is it, it the schools that that you've been involved in? Is that because a school in their district has had an incident, or yes. they're just being very cautious?
2: Both. 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 They would have. They would have learned about of an incident, and then their their attitude is, "Hey, we got to protect ourselves." But it's so difficult because you don't know whether the bugging is going to be done by an administrator, a janitor or a student, and we've had right. incidents where we've had all three, so it depends mm-hmm. on what they're looking at. Um, the, for lack of a better word, the pervert's going to be more interested in the showers. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have, let's say, a janitor who might be more interested in women, and they might install a hidden camera underneath a desk, and they're mm-hmm. looking for an upskirt shot or a right. crotch shot. All right? Right. So I tell people, hey, you know, if you really think that you might be wa- being watched, why don't you, you know, get on your hands and knees underneath your desk and look around and just see if you see anything that doesn't belong there, or even in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Bend over and look underneath the sink and make sure there's no hidden camera being pointed at you. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of times this stuff is common sense. It's just people don't think about it.
0: Well, and, and the, if it's done by a student, it's probably going to be pretty simplistic,
2: yeah, I would it's think. going to get a backpack and a locker. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, something. One of the things, the incidents that we found with students was a boy, let's say a high school boy, says to his girlfriend, hey, take my backpack into the girl's locker room and <laughs> let's get some video. We'll have some fun. We can make fun of people. So the girlfriend will actually do it for the, the boyfriend. So that's wow. that's one way of doing it. It's there's just so many different angles and so many different methods that people can do it. That the ulterior motive is usually sexual gratification, though.
0: Right. Of course, I'm, it just comes to mind too that you have, uh, if you have schools or or businesses that are being unionized, you might have uh, somebody from either side bugging rooms. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So so here's what we tell people. Number one, be aware that maybe, just maybe, you could be watched, listened to, or followed. And, again, if you think it, you are, especially in your own home, the only way you'll ever know for sure whether you're not being watched or monitored is to bring in a professional TSCM person in. Uh, You brought in cost-wise before. Mm -hmm. I would venture to say that if we do a bug sweep on a car... Usually, a bug sweep on a car is going to be somewhere between, let's say, five hundred, seven hundred fifty dollars, somewhere around there. An apartment, one bedroom studio, you might be looking at somewhere in the area of about a thousand to fifteen hundred. I'm giving you wide ranges because okay. these numbers will vary depending yeah. on what part of the country. You that know. seems
0: re- that seems reasonable to me
2: yeah. though. too. a house might be. Yeah. Twenty five hundred to five thousand dollars, depending on the size, square footage, basements, things like that. And then, mm-hmm. in, a, in a business, you know, it's all depending on how many offices, conference rooms, how many phone lines, how many phones, how many instruments are we looking at. Right. So, a business can be in the over ten thousand easily. We you and I
0: were talk, both talking offline that we both have cameras in our homes. We, mm-hmm. you have many, 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 many more than I do, but we do have cameras at mm-hmm. our house, both inside and outside. Um, those probably can be compromised as well, right?
2: Um, it depends on how they're connected. Uh, mine are actually all connected via um, hard wiring, uh, uh-huh. Cat5. Um, yeah, ours people,
0: are too, actually. Yeah,
2: some people are wireless, and then it depends on, well, if it's wireless, is it analog wireless or is it digital wireless? Because analog wireless can be easily packed for lack of a better word digital hmm. a lot more difficult
0: okay jimmy this is fascinating and we are at the end of our hour but it's just been so packed with uh good Information, I think uh, our listeners are um, probably going to be going to your website <laughs> looking <laughs> to see what else they can find out about bug sweeps. So give that give that address again, would you, Jimmy?
2: Yeah. Uh, for information on bug sweeps, go to usabugsweeps.com. That's plural, bugsweeps.com. And if you have any questions, go on the website. You can send us uh, an email, contact us. We'll be more than happy to answer your questions and give you a price quote.
0: And I can tell you that working with Jimmy for more years than I can even count, uh, he's happy to uh, work with you, give you all kinds of information, and there's no charge for that consultation. So, um, And if you're interested, like um, PI Magazine advertising on PI's Declassified, you can contact my wonderful producer. Her name is Sandra Rogers at dot R-O-G-E-R-S, at voiceamerica.com. Folks, tune in again next week as we declassify more real stories from real investigators like Jimmy Messes. It's PIs Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks so much for listening, and thank you, Jimmy. It's been great.
1: You've been listening to PIs Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler.